Hello and welcome to the third episode of 60 Minutes or Less, a new podcast from Vertigate for Breakfast. I'm Andy Hughes and it's a delight to say that our guest this time around is Philip Frobos, bassist and vocalist in Omni out of Atlanta, Georgia. Omni first came to my attention in early 2017 when they performed in Manchester with much-missed local lock duds, setting me on a course of mild obsession that still continues on to this day. Mainly a writing partnership between Philip and guitarist Frankie Broyles, Omni have a knack for penning cucumber-cool post-punk numbers that are super infectious. The band released their debut album, Deluxe, in 2016, swiftly following it up with second album, Multitask, a year later for Trouble in Mind. They then signed to Sub Pop in 2019 for the release of their third album, Networker. In February 2024, Omni will release Souvenir, their fourth album and second for Sub Pop. Ahead of its release, I caught up with Philip over Zoom on a Friday, morning there, afternoon here, to discuss the record, as well as Nancy and Lee, Jonathan Richmond, UK venue highlights, and taking on drummer Chris Yonker full-time. Keep an ear out for distractions from his cat and my dog, both animal companions that were eager to be included. Before we get to the chat, whilst I've got you, just a quick one to ask, cap in hand, if you would do us the favour of sharing the podcast and getting in touch if you're a fan. You can get in touch if you're not a fan, but, you know... Keep it light. Anyway, on to the episode. Enjoy. It's nice, obviously, to see you, but it's virtually. Normally, I like to do these things face-to-face because, you know, you can catch up with people at a show and you know where they've been and what they've been up to the night before and what they're about to do with playing a gig or what have you. So coming in blind, obviously, we just had a wee chat, but how do we find you today? It's first thing in the morning over there, right? Is that right? Yeah, I mean, it's... It's like first thing in the morning if you're an artist. It's like eleven, so it's. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, I'm on my second cup of coffee and eagerly anticipating my third. And uh, yeah, yeah, just having a. It's kind of a dreary day, but I'm I'm gonna sort through some records today and go sell some of them, donate some. So that's that's what I got ahead of me. That sounds like the perfect artist, come hipster type of. Friday afternoon. <laughs> Speaking of records, obviously sure. you've got you've got a new album on the way, Souvenir. So that's due out next month or this month, whenever this goes out. It was perfectly described as a collection of audio objects and a stash of musical miniatures, which yeah. really leans into how special a record can be, particularly with a physical release. From video to artwork to layouts, how important is that aspect of a record to you? I imagine from what we've just talked about, it probably is, but is it such a all-consuming piece of art for yourself and the band? This this time around, it certainly has been uh, all-consuming. It's been in a really good way, uh, but it's just, I think getting back into it is a little surreal after all these years. And we've put, I mean, I, you may be able to tell so far from the ones that we've released, but we have two more videos coming, and we've I think we've put the most energy into our visual like campaign that we ever have and yeah i i know that we're all super proud of the way the record's being rolled out and presented and obviously you know we have the classic slam dunk album cover from uh, frankie and uh yeah the record itself we're still excited which that's you know that's a good thing <laughs> by the time you're like get around for it to be coming out and time to play the shows it the songs have uh, an energy that we're we're definitely running with. Sorry, my uh, cat is like being crazy. <laughs> Did you hear right. that? Hold hold on one second. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Snaps, what are you doing? 
just giving her a little more food. I'm glad that you've had this moment as well because my dog's behind me sleeping. <laughs> but if he has a go, then I might have to put him out. Here we go. All right. Sorry about that. More um, important so... things in life, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Cats and animals yeah. don't care about release schedules and things like that. <laughs> so you return with Exacto, first single, and a video of you all looking very intergalactic Beastie Boys. <laughs> but the follow-up, Plastic Pyramids, was just... I mean, even though, you know, straight away it was like, with Exacto, it was like, this is the omni-sound. That just... The second single just seemed like, you know, cooler than the other side of the pillow. And <laughs> one of your catchiest vocal attacks with that pump, pump, pump up the pyramid. And when I first heard it, my initial thoughts were, which you'll either take well or, you know, maybe not so well, depending on your, your outlook. Uh, my initial thoughts were Jonathan Richmond, uh, ah. that kind of call and response with the female vocalist. Is this something that's ever come up before or do you take influence from anyone when you're doing the vocals? Like has like modern lovers come up before? I think, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I've always, I've always been a big fan of his i got i was lucky enough to see him one time uh at like a in a hotel basement here in atlanta but he, it was just like him and a guitar but yeah i mean he's he's a legend of course I'm trying to think like for that song specifically i was kind of like i was kind of i was kind of imagining a mix between like lee and nancy and oh, the yeah. b52s or something like that kind of those those worlds colliding it's definitely got a uh a b52 vibe and i suppose yeah mm -hmm. like that hazelwood and yeah there's definitely uh and i can see some growth so if you were to <laughs> get that tash going a little bit by the time the uk <laughs> talk maybe you know the the record itself comes off the back of networker which was your sub pop debut obviously right. three records in and that was released a few months shy of the world going into lockdown you were inactive for most of the pod uh, the pandemic rather outside of releasing your own solo record and novel mm -hmm. was this conscious in terms of you know that time away or was this just a case of it was impacted by all the uncertainty of what was going on in the outside world yeah i think i think I mean, it, it was certainly impacted in in one way or another. But I think I think the fact that we just stopped dead in our tracks for two uh, two ish years. I mean, really like two and a half probably years, and then like did nothing, and then and then started taking a step forward. That makes a big difference. And then also, just we we just had a lot of a lot of pent-up energy that we were just like we're not not interested in like you know going down some artistic rabbit hole like we're here to we're here to rock you know that kind of that kind of thing without, so, without sounding cheesy or whatever you know <laughs> <laughs> i mean so there's no lindsey buckingham style book yourself into a studio for 100 days and all that sort of stuff no, no. Uh, it was it was very. Uh, I mean, I we did have more revisions with this record than we've probably had previously. We really, really pushed the songs to be, to be their best form. Some of them had pretty rap, pretty significant changes. Like, did you um? Did, have you heard the full record? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good. Um. Yeah, like the like verdict that song was it was originally like 
more mid-tempo kind of groovy okay. and then it turned into whatever it is now <laughs> and plastic pyramid also was uh like transformed quite a bit i actually picked up on verdict i was gonna say i've always liked you guys lyrically like the way you you put things out there and i love the bits about powdered donuts black coffee <laughs> and the morning paper so when we previously got together for an interview around the second album and you previously said that lyrics kind of came out of a fever dream almost and that you sometimes surprised yourself. Is that something that still kind of comes about? And do you think that translates musically too? Like, does Frankie ever just get in the zone and Chris and yourself? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's definitely still a big part of it. It's just like whatever your impulse is to put somewhere, like, you know, we do take time away from the art to think about it. But usually when we're like executing something, it, it is spontaneous. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. There's some, some spontaneity and, you know, I like that song, you know, kind of, it's kind of fun to like not worry so much about making everything like make total sense and just letting it, letting it all come out. Yeah, that, that one was really exciting and I was happy that everyone was on board with letting me go down that, go down that uh, <laughs> ly lyrical uh, journey. I, I'm assuming so, because obviously for a while it's been just yourself and Frankie, hasn't it? From the, yeah. producing the record side of things. So I assume mm -hmm. that's kind of the case that you're all just happy to, if someone's going for it, to just let them go for it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, obviously like musically with, guitars and overdubs like frankie's always like doing that too like this record he he had amazing overdubs which you can hear throughout and i and they they do just the right amount like i don't think they it doesn't seem like oh god they were just overproduce the themselves or whatever it just it's like oh that that's meant to be there or something you know something like that is he still, so I know when we, we previously talked, you were, you know, hitting tour to tour and mm -hmm. Trouble in Mind were like chasing you up for, you know, when's the next record coming out and such. Mm -hmm. And then obviously he's got the artwork on top of that. So is he still like just completely hitting it 100% with, you know, time-wise or like you say, are you still giving yourself a chance to take a break? I think, um, I mean, he's been pretty busy for sure with his, with art, but but I think we've kind of built in more time for us to recuperate from things because we're simply just not as young as uh, we used to be, you know, <laughs> still, still young, but you know, not, don't quite have that uh, 20 something energy, uh, you know. Tell me about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with Networker, it said that it was a record that was written half between tours and half during, you know, recording sessions. With mm -hmm. the first single, you said, you know, lyrics and melodies were written in the back of a van in Sacramento, which sounds a tiny bit daunting, <laughs> but I assume it was involved in a tour. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was one. I was wondering if anyone was going to ask me about that statement, <laughs> hold me accountable. <laughs> yeah, it seems kind of yeah a wee bit. I don't know, like a mystery novel or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But how did the the rest of the record come together? Was it more of a case of, because you were still obviously playing shows in 2022. So was it kind of a case of you were still doing stuff on the road or? Yeah, actually, we didn't do any writing on the road. In that case, I, we were we were on like a family trip. I think we it was just like, you know, we were starting to kind of feel the deadline-ish and just wanting to keep the ball rolling. So I was out and or my wife and I were out in Sacramento visiting her family and our brother and sister-in-law have like one of those travel around in in nature van kind of situations. So I was just like, can I borrow the van keys? Like, I just need to go, like, I need to go work on some shit. So it was, (laughs) it was a good, a good situation. And, you know, I always, I always like that kind of little artistic getaway little just putting a little bit little bit out every day you know feels good you start to feel stifled if you're just not not doing anything day after day after day so i think statement wise saying that you need to borrow the van to go and sort some shit out still doesn't <laughs> clear you but, but yeah. yeah i know i know <laughs> i know what you mean yeah what kind of business was i really up to in northern <laughs> california yeah, you've got the second novel to go anyway, so <laughs> yeah. touch upon that then. So I know that previously with Multitask, you talked about the remote cabin in the woods. Again, like a detective novel, it was <laughs> by Frankie's great-grandparents in the 40s or something like that. Is it right that you were still using that as a base for some of the writing and such? or? Yeah, that's right. And it was it was really nice. We'd go which we didn't really do this as much before but we we would go down with nothing or little little to nothing in mind and just crank out a few and come back and do it again got some of got some of our best best uh work out of that exacto was one that came from that and uh another one that's going to be a single compliment also and the list goes on yeah, it was great. And then we also did our initial tracking there. So we did bass, drums, guitar. It was really just bass and drums. I'm not sure he actually did any guitar down there. And after that time away, did it feel great to, like I said uh, before, something like, you know, just crack on with the rock and roll? Did it feel great mm. to just, you know, be able to whip one out like Exacto and say the record's starting to is going to start to take shape. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think everyone was very excited. And our friend Chris Sampson, who recorded us, he was definitely feeding off the energy and, and pushing us also in that direction. And uh, yeah, it was it was a good it was a good time. When obviously we were talking before Chris <clears throat> possibly going to join us, mm-hmm. he seems to have been the longest guy behind the kit for a good few years. now. That's um, right. And is officially now in the mix with the record. So, yeah. what is it about? Excuse me, the dog is okay. running behind me. Um, <laughs> what is it? What is it about Chris, other than having a fantastic surname, that's kept him around for so long? <laughs> uh, I mean, he's 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 incredibly talented. Um, I mean, first it was just his ability to effortlessly uh, play Frankie's drum parts, which are you know not not easy drum parts and 
and then you know he's he's obviously a very kind and wonderful uh, person to travel with which is that always makes a big difference and he's an, an artist in multiple ways um you know he has his thriving tattoo business morning mouth tattoo he he even did um he did a synth overdub um on plastic pyramid also so it was you know it's cool to cool to have him have him aboard fully and doing the doing the thing and he's probably he's got the best he's got a really good ear for keeping keeping things uh rolling being a duo you know sometimes you you run into walls but with that third voice it just kind of keeps one foot in front of the other like in recording situations or stuff like that so it's good but there's never a period where chris will say something and you and frank will say it's a it's a partnership you know <laughs> no i mean i i think i think you know when when we when he joined and everything like he joined like kind of knowing what he liked about omni and what the way Omni was like, you know, he, I think it, it was less like a, let me conquer this artistic endeavor and insert myself and like more like, how can I, how can I help this be the best it can be? And yeah, he's, he's only been a positive, positive addition. And speaking of additions, it's not just Chris that makes himself known. There's also tracks this time around that feature guest vocals for the first time friend yeah. of the band Izzy from the LA Trio Automatic. So obviously that could be seen as a big step for records in. Was it such that that was the case for you or was it kind of just a case of obviously you know her so well, you wanted to explore a bit with the record because there's other flourishes on the record instrumentally that are a bit different this time around? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so we did a tour together in 2022 when we did that tour with them in 2022 we we really hit it off because they're just very like like-minded and cool cool artists and we we were talking about like the possibility of doing a song together collect you know collaborating in something in some way on the road then when we were reworking Plastic Pyramid, we were kind of running into some walls, like the end of writing and all that. And I, we had the idea to give Izzy a call and uh, turn the song into a duet. And amazingly, she was just like, oh, she was like, hell yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'll be there. I'll be there next week. Let's make this happen. And uh, yeah, she flew in and we had a great time and we ended up things went so smoothly that we were able to grab her on on uh verdict and f1 also just as bone kind of bonus we we're like what else, what else you know and then it ended up i i love I, I definitely love her additions to those songs also but uh yeah so it's it's definitely a very welcomed addition and then and then the fact that she came back for the video too it's very very nice I'm sure you'll probably agree that she just seems to fit in straight away as, as I'm sure, obviously you've, you know, you had the the great bonus of let's not just do the one song. Let's just do the free. And yeah, her collaboration just works. I think so much with the Omni sound, I'm sure the three of you would agree. Yeah, definitely. I mean, again, like it was, 
you know, we're pretty picky taste wise. And we, we, we felt a connection to, to their, their band and their style and them personally, like almost immediately. So yeah, it was, it was a, it was fantastic to have Izzy aboard. And I read a piece that you did with the band, um, mm -hmm. playing smaller venues that feel authentic and, you know, it's, it's less about size and clout. It's more about the venue feel and the crowd. Um, mm -hmm. We've seen you ourselves at a handful of intimate venues, as we were saying before, the first with Duds way back when in Manchester, both here and abroad. What is it about venues and scenes that appeal to you so much? Do you think? Mm, like, what do I like in a venue? Is it, is yeah, I mean, mean, I mean, there's always these, you know, cool little like I remember when you played Yes in 2019, and mm -hmm. the whole vibe seemed to to fit you guys as a band anyway. You know, with the carpet <laughs> on the uh, the carpet on the stage and the pink lights, yeah. and it just seems to be. I mean, obviously, I'm sure it's the same in the states, but these sorts of venues have a lot more character than your, you know, massive stadiums. Mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I mean. It's it's probably it's more like how you would imagine seeing us. So it is it is cool to be there and embody embody your y'all's dream of how how we fit on the stage. But yeah, that that uh yes venue was really cool. I I remember loving the the vibe in there. We spoke with Joe Casey of Protomata. Uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, special British venues like the Brudenell Social Club in Leeds, and it's a great um, one. Yeah, and the Trades Club in Hebden Bridge. I don't know if you've ventured to that part of the. I don't. I don't think we've done that one actually. But that, that seems like perfect for you guys. Mm -hmm. Do you have any Moth, particular Moth Club is great. Yeah, I mean, I was I was going to say, do you have any particular favourites in the UK and abroad? And do you have mm -hmm. on that? token any horror stories of that sort of stuff <laughs> horror stories uh <laughs> i don't know if we have any any uk horror stories but uh we played a cool gig in coventry i can't remember where it was but it was like the venue was by one of the canals because you know there's all the there's a lot of canals there i'd have to look back at an old poster to see what what the name of it was but it was it was really cool it, it almost seemed like maybe an old theater or something, but not big, you know. Nice and intimate. I think yeah. um, you rarely get people say that they played somewhere nice in Coventry, but it's, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll tell you what it does sound. Yeah. So when we were previously speaking around the second album, as we say, you'd, all three of you, without Chris at the time, had mentioned that there were people excitedly coming up to you to tell you that, they'd heard you on the radio and it was something that you said doesn't happen much back home obviously states is a much bigger place to the uk and europe and such is that something that's with the sub pop aspect that's changed now or um a little bit yeah i mean i know that you know plastic pyramid got added to um xm like satellite radio which is really cool and i think i think we have some radio campaigns going on for sure. I, I haven't heard as much about it, but I know that that kind of stuff also gets its uh, gets going more around the out when the album comes out over here. So yeah, we'll we'll know more about that. But they definitely have a good a good radio thing going. 
but uh, you know the uh, the thing about the radio in america is that it's just it's just not the same as the way you guys have it like where it's like kind of built in and something that's really special to you they i don't know any of that infrastructure kind of got destroyed and mixed up aside from like college rock like college radio is probably the closest thing to that but even those have been have taken hits from different corporate interests and you know stuff like that so it's a uh, it's weird and our and our national public radio does not have music shows i mean you know there's tiny desk stuff online like online and all that but they don't there's no hour that you can tune in and hear like a rotation of new music so it's 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 a weird thing here but there are some special situations i know there's a lot of like special djs and in new york and la and Mm. down here in atlanta we actually have like some we have some amazing uh r&b and like hip-hop radio but you know we don't really have like we don't have rock radio aside from college it does i mean i know like we already said it's the state's obviously a lot bigger but it does seem crazy that there's you know not a a six music type over there because obviously that is so vital to artists like yourself and countless others finally i was just going to say obviously sub pop are a legendary label but they've been snapping up a choice number of bands in recent years, you know, like outfits like Sweeping Promises and Deeper. And yourselves seem to be a band who were one of the first of our favorite crop who were picked up for Networker. Is -hmm. it still really cool to have their stamp of approval and say, you know, our record is actually coming out on Sub Pop who've been at it for however many years? Yeah, yeah, it's certainly not lost its luster. And it, and like it it was great to hear like from like their enthusiasm for this record has been awesome and uh like Tony over there told us that it's his favorite Omni record and said that that was uh there's a lot of competition. So that that's cool. We're we're stoked about it. It's good to have your label say that your next record is their favorite rather than say I still prefer, yeah. still prefer the first one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, um, I'm sure I'm sure that that's probably more true or true more times than you realize, you know. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've we've touched upon the UK and radio and such. You're obviously coming over in a month's time. Um, what is it you're looking forward to a, a month's time? You're, you're coming over in uh, a, a, spring, April. Right? Spring, yeah. yeah. What is it in particular that yourself and the other two are looking forward to? Oh, I think just seeing seeing old friends and familiar faces and just getting getting back over. I guess. Well, we still have to take a ferry. We're we are playing in Dublin. I was going to say we're not taking the ferry over this time, but we are doing <laughs> doing one one ferry. Yeah, it's, it'll be really nice. And just also, I you know we haven't really we haven't been to another country i mean we've been to canada but you know that's our neighbor uh we mm-hmm. haven't been across an ocean in four years so you know stuff like that just really gets the blood flowing and makes you feel makes you feel like a like a real human excited to do it again glad mm-hmm. that um in a few months time you'll finally be able to feel like a, a human <laughs> 
again. Yeah. It was a pleasure, was a pleasure chatting again, Philip. Yeah. I hope, all is, I hope all is well your end. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's likewise, likewise. Looking forward to seeing you. And do you know where, do you happen to know where we're playing in Manchester? Is it Deaf Institute? I, I thought it was Gulliver's. I think I'm wrong. I think it might be somewhere else. It is Deaf Institute. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. I think we, we played there one time before. Sweet, man. Cool. Well, thanks very much. Yeah. Um, hope you have a good rest of the day. I've got to go and take this dog for a walk now because he's barking his, his head off outside. Um, but yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Send my uh, regards to the other two. I sure will. I sure will. Cool. Thanks again, Andy. 